0: Hello, this is Patrick, and it is time for Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Brought to you by ThePracticalHerbalist.com and sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, your source for high-quality, organic, bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. Visit them at MountainRoseHerbs.com. has been touted as a panacea, good for just about anything that ails you. Although that claim seems to be far-fetched, the truth is, cannabis is a versatile, potent herbal medicine. Today, on the eve of the recreational cannabis going legal in our home state of Oregon, we're talking about a few practical uses for this semi-outlawed plant. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe.
1: I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome,
0: welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio.
2: Over the past six months or so... Sue, we have had an incredibly fun and sometimes exasperating time
1: researching cannabis. Yes, we certainly have. We decided
2: to take this herbal (laughs) folio to a whole new level. Uh And it is twice as long as all the others, in part because the information is far more advanced. Yes,
1: and the information that we were looking for, is a lot of it was very, very new. And we know that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of myths out there about this plant. And we wanted to make sure that people had accurate information about it and this accurate information is so peel off the press new some of it we were looking at it just as we were getting ready to publish right. yeah. and then had to amend <laughs> things and part of the reason for that is because it's recently it's okay to research these in so many more states as as a result of it being legalized. Right. One
2: of the things I found most fun about it was that we really got to get a good understanding of what the active constituents are yeah. in cannabis as far as saints has determined so far mm-hmm. and an understanding of why they're working. Yeah. So one of the things that cannabis for up until Prohibition, it was a panacea. I mean, mm-hmm. it was used for a lot of what and the looked- fiber. Everything well, and it just even medicinally, it was used for such a wide range of things, it was almost ridiculous. It yes. looks, you know, you look back at the old text and it's like, oh, my God, this was snake oil. It was. But it's the truth true. is that all the things they were using it for, it actually, we now understand how it worked. And, yeah, it would have worked, unlike mm-hmm. snake oil. Cannabis right. actually makes sense for many of those old uses.
1: Yeah, and we have information as to why and what part of the plant it's using that people are using for what particular condition and the yeah. the reality is nowadays we have a wider variety there are far more strains out there that have real huge concentrations of the cbd or the thc depending on which way you're going right so it's not like it was in the past you can't even use a lot of that information anymore except as a history because yeah. the plant is so uniquely different
2: right yeah They're, cannabis it, has really truly evolved
1: a lot yeah i don't think that 50 years ago, people would even recognize some of the stuff that we have of now. Today. Yeah. Yeah, the colors of the resins. You can see them on some of these plants when they're grown, and right. that certainly wasn't the way it was before. Right, right.
2: Yeah. So, our herbal folio is going to be coming out on July 15th. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And the name is? The name of our advanced herbal folio is Cannabis An Herbalist's Guide to Using Medical Marijuana. Excellent. So we'll definitely want you guys to be looking out for that. Yeah. But for
2: today's discussion, instead of getting into the really advanced stuff, let's talk about some of the others cuz so we included
1: both advanced and slightly, you know, the less advanced stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is a there. folio designed for a lay herbalist and for also for a clinical herbalist. You can pick through and figure out what helps you and your in your unique your the reader's version of what to do with this plant but the information we hope is very user friendly and there's a a huge diversity of things that you can use it for and we have our usual super organized style (laughs) consistent with that there's just a lot more information out there yeah there is
2: so one of the things that I was interested in talking about today are now that Oregon is just about to be being legal for using recreational cannabis Mm -hmm. which means that Anybody can use it, but you don't necessarily have to be using it for a prescription medical thing. Right. So rather than talking about epilepsy or cancer or AIDS or Mm -hmm. the many other uses at our very prescription level. Yeah. I'd like to talk about some of the things just that... little
1: first aid. Yeah, yeah. The, the
2: average Joe, like me, could be using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: average <laughs> Joe, you just used some, some
2: hemp oil. I did, actually. I was pouring um, really, really hot horchata for my son and his friend, mm-hmm. and there was no place to set anything down because my kitchen was just a mess. It was after dinner. Mm-hmm. And as I poured it, some of it slopped right over onto my... Onto my thumb, the base of my thumb, and ran down my wrist. And it scalded really bad. So it was was like right off the stove. So it was probably 210 degrees. Mm -hmm. And since there was nowhere to set anything down, and I didn't want to lose it, it took me several moments to finish pouring and then set everything down in a safe spot before I could cool the spot off. So I scalded it pretty good. You are a
1: rugged pioneer woman, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> you know, For crazy. the sake of what I have in the cup, I shall
0: persevere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, similarly, the next day I was tending the grill because it was an annual barbecue, and, and a hot coal had gone on the ground, and I had bare feet, and I thought, <gasps> and I, thought I missed it. But it, it wedged itself in between my little toe oh. and the <laughs> base of my foot, and it hurt. And I had this thing of water in my hand, and I'm like, "Hot foot, hot foot!" And I dumped this whole thing of water on my oh. foot, but it still burned. And was like, "Hey, you should put hemp oil on that." Yeah, yeah. Put hemp oil on that. <laughs> so yeah. after I doused it, I walked in the house, and and she, she put it on there. I'm like, you know, surprisingly, it the, worked. The, the pain dissipated, and mm-hmm. I didn't even bother me for the rest of the day. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. Wow. Yeah, to be I was. Yep. I was really shocked. I, I tried a couple other things like lavender oil, and mm-hmm. I can't remember. I tried something else too. A couple things that are known to be good for burns. Yeah, that and they didn't things. really help reduce the pain. I mean, I could see that they and it, the the skin area was cool to the touch. Right. So I didn't need further cooling. It just was really
1: hurting. Yeah, lavender is really good for smaller minor burns. Yeah, yeah. Excellent this one was
2: this one was beyond lavender's care, and yeah. so I was like, well, what the heck? I've been writing about this temp oil I haven't written about it for burns, but I'll try it. What That's the heck? Dry, yeah. And I did it. I was not I was like, Yeah, it's not gonna work, but I'm gonna do it anyway, so I can say I tried it. Uh, it worked. I mean, and the and the pain went down almost instantly. Within wow. a minute the pain was gone. And yeah. the and I was like, Oh well, you know, I had this in the refrigerator, so it's probably just because it was cool. Mm-hmm. It'll come back in a half an hour. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. It didn't come back for like six hours. Yeah. And then it started to come back. I put a little more on there, and sure enough, the pain went away. It's a great
1: analgesic. Yeah,
2: and it's within really three days, anal- I could, like, scratch the spot with my fingernail, and there was no pain. I mean, that was how quickly it helped that skin heal. Within mm-hmm. three
1: days, that level of scalding was down to almost nothing. And that's something that was people shocked. can get all over the place is hemp right. oil because it doesn't have THC in it the thc that makes you stoned right so and you don't have to worry about having something like that what we do advise and we mentioned this in the folio too is hemp oil has a really short fatty chain so it will go bad pretty quickly so like candace was saying here um you need to put it in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. It'll say it doesn't necessarily need to be refrigerated, but from That's practical wise. experience it yeah. will tell you keep it in the refrigerator. Don't right. keep it in your car. Well,
2: right, yeah. <laughs> even when
1: we
0: bought it, it was a refrigerated cooler yeah. that it was in. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. If it goes store- bad really fast. If they're fast. storing it there sealed, I guess you need to store that at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I know a person who is in this area. He's he his name is uh Jerry and he owns the Merry Hempsters. Yeah. And he the process that he ha- he's been doing making cannabis uh, oil based or hemp oil based products for a long time, and he mm. knows this process inside and out. He has suffered through all the slings and arrows of outrageous <laughs> of <you know>, dealing <laughs> with this very short, um, difficult to work with oil, right. and yet, you know, he's got the nice lab, and and once in a while he'll just run into something comes in the door gotta turn it right back out again. Right. No. So if if that's something that he's struggling with commercially and of course he's got his stuff down, you know, his product is pristine. But you're gonna have some problems in home use. So just better safe than sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So but that was one and then, you know, after that thinking about it with the recreational use coming, you know, coming for us Mm -hmm. at this point. Even though technically I think it would be illegal to do what I think would be a wise oil to do for first aid. To me, it seems like it would make sense to take a small amount of the bud and infuse it into hemp seed oil.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's, sure. you know, cannabis in cannabis. So right. it's, you're making a nice, strong first aid. Super saturated. Yeah, super saturated. Mm-hmm. One, I think the bud would probably enhance the analgesic and the anti-inflammatory. And it would probably also be very healing because cannabis, but the stuff that they've made, what research I've seen on it, is that it's good for healing, helping... With like cancers mm-hmm. and you know spots and other melanomas, melanomas and, like that, and yeah, sure. exactly, mm-hmm. cancerous and non-cancerous thingies, you know, the skin lesion, tags lesions, and, yeah, uh-huh. all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, it's like, well, that would make that would be a smart a smart thing to do, right? You know, if it were legal,
1: it would also <laughs> so, be a great. I know that's one of the problems, and unfortunately, that's the curse of working with this plant while well, it's still in the transition stages yeah. for some people that are listening to this podcast and like, well, that's all great and wonderful. But in my state, it's still illegal. Right. Yeah. Although we are watching the tide turn very quickly. Please, we're going to say over and over again, please do the homework. Find out what's available and what is legal in not only your state, but your county and your your city. city. Because, for instance, in Oregon, there is that ruling saying that a state, a, a, a county city. or a city can make different changes in the law so what right. may be legal in the rest of Oregon for one city it may not be right yeah. you are responsible for doing that homework we're we're advising you you need to do it but yeah. we won't do it for you <laughs>
2: right we can't we can't I mean, it, honestly, it, it might change tomorrow I have so. a hard time keeping up with just to, for my own little family sure so. sure but yeah, so that's that's one of the things that I thought with recreational cannabis becoming legal, that's a nice potential good use of sure. cannabis
1: bud that isn't about getting high. Another thing yeah. is to take that... Um, more pro, uh, more processed, more uh, dense version of the oil that you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And for people that are preparing for surgery or they're waiting right now, we're right. super saturated in the medical community. For instance, if you're going to have knee surgery or something like that, an oil that you're talking about there would that be would really help. great for tidying you over yeah. until you can get something. And honestly, in this country, we've got a real big problem with opioid based yes. prescription addiction right and if you have if you have the luxury of being able to choose having uh, hemp oil to mm-hmm. help with the inflammation and the pain as yeah. opposed to something that is addictive like Opiumite opioids sugar. i yeah. strongly suggest try the hemp first
2: yeah try the hemp oil first even without the bud in it exactly you know try that first if you're in a place where you can try mixing you know cannabis tincture or cannabis Oil mm-hmm. with hemp seed oil, yeah. cannabis oil, meaning the oil made from the bud,
1: right? And know, if you with have, it, you know, uns- that's better. But yeah, sorry, it means no, no. I'm just saying that you.
2: would be probably a, a stronger pain relief because the bud has a lot more of the pain relief constituents, according to the labs, the medical researchers, right. than the hemp seed oil. So if you can mix those two and you're in a place where you can legally do it, yeah, that's probably a better way
1: to go. And the hemp seed oil is just available in America. Yeah, uh, that's you, you can get that all over the place uh, mm-hmm. because there isn't any THC in it. Right. So for for children or for the elderly that are mm-hmm. far more sensitive to those products, then you can use that without having any yeah. fear at all of yeah you, it's, you know it's, it's not going to affect them. They're not going to get groggy or anything like that. It's right. a good topical application. Yeah.
2: And, I mean, truthfully, if your hemp seed oil goes bad in your fridge, but you're just using it for topicals, mm-hmm. you could probably get away with it for a little bit. Yeah. I mean,
1: better if you can have it fresh. But You know what's really great to use with hemp seed oil that goes bad? Butcher blocks. Yes. Yeah, it's so an really excellent. Really great for that.
2: Yeah, in fact, that was one of the old-fashioned old way back when. That was one of the preferred oils for woodworkers for doing finishing of all kinds, yep. so long as it was indoor use. Outdoor
1: use, they still preferred the tongue oil or the teak oil. Right, right, because of the weatherization. Yeah. But inside, it's perfect but for that. Inside, and, yeah. and, you know, okay, it's oxidized. When you're putting it on your butcher block, it's going to oxidize anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Right. Also, I want to point out there are some recipes that are available on the Internet for turning hemp seed oil into soap.
2: Yes, yeah, it definitely okay. would make a good soap. And yeah. so I think rancid or not,
1: that doesn't matter, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Is there
0: so, anything yeah, anything this plant can't do, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, soap, <laughs> oils, paper, it's chemicals. getting rid of one
2: of the aging spots I I've mean, got. And yeah, yeah. And I just like aging spot on my chick the barnacle cheek. of it's, old age. Is oh, is what god, that's it was called. so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm like, thank god, I've got. Bifocals to cover it up a little Mm -hmm. bit.
1: Every time I look at it, I think less of you. I just think,
2: oh, she's aging, just like me. For a long time, there was getting, it was really dark and it was kind of embarrassing. I kept Mm -hmm. feeling like everybody's staring at this giant spot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody probably even notices it but me. But I started putting a little bit of cannabis tincture on there, you know, just topically. It doesn't. There's no psychoactive effect at all, even though the tincture I'm using would just probably produce that if you took it internally. Mm-hmm. I'm just putting it on right, just right on the spot, and it's fading. I mean, nice. you know, slowly, but it is fading, and nothing else I've tried has helped it to fade.
0: Yeah, there's no freezing involved. There's no cutting. There's none of that other stuff when you go right. to the doctor. Oh, let's put some liquid nitrogen on that and just cut that out. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's <laughs> not <laughs> <Yeah, so> like. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it, you know this plant is amazing. It really well, it they, does do a lot of things.
0: Didn't they write? I mean, I, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that the Declaration of Independence is on that paper. That's mm-hmm. correct. So That's it's, correct. it's it's part it of it is the, it's part of the whole system our whole. It co- is. It's, yeah, it's and our founding fathers, right. are, mm-hmm. several
2: of our founding fathers, kept extensive notes on the production of.
0: Washington. On hemp and
1: how to mm-hmm. best plant it and grow it. And,
0: I just think it's so funny that it's you know. such a vilified plant.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, again, it go, comes down to use in a, and then our history. And I don't want to get into this too much right. with the yellow journalism and et cetera. Oh, sure. you right. Know, if you invest in, in timber, like... Uh, Hearst Hurst did. Then, of course, anything else is going to. Yeah, no, i He was yeah. very competitive. Yeah, and, no, I understand yeah.
0: that. And, you know, you know, what do you say? You give me the war, I'll give you the news. Or give me the news, I'll give you the war. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, And
1: the cotton industry yeah.
2: also helped drive hemp right. out because the the cotton gin was invented right about the same time as prohibition, mm-hmm. which made cotton then a more viable
1: um, fiber for turning into fabric. The cotton gin was fabulous because it it helped us get rid of slavery. Right. That's one of the great things about it, but it did have an effect.
2: Yeah. But the, it also,
1: I mean, it it was before the cotton
2: for, gin, it was more labor intensive to create cotton-based fabrics than it yep. was to create hemp-based fabrics. And yeah. after the cotton gin, the hemp-based fabrics were more labor intensive. So instead of before prohibition and before the cotton gin, about 80% of the world's cloth was made from hemp. Mhm. After all of that, hemp fell way out of favor, and now cotton is way up,
1: Mm -hmm. very high on the list. Yep, the changes that are happening, it's pretty amazing. It will be interesting to see what happens in the next decade or two now that uh, what we're waiting for now is the FDA just to say, okay, go ahead and research it in every state. Mm -hmm. That's what we're waiting for, uh, along with just a national um, uh, taking away the, the ban on medicinal right. marijuana right I mean, the recreational one i honestly i don't care personally i, do, I don't care other reason, people
2: do the only reason i really strongly want the recreational i mean i'm hoping that mississippi passes their latest bill that says that you know just take all all the laws with regard and let it be just a regular old plant like basil or mm-hmm. something else i would like that because then things like being able to grow your own hemp like people in the I like spinning and, and y- sure. knitting and yarn and all that. Yeah. And you can grow your own flax and turn it into linen. Yeah. But you can't legally grow your own hemp mm-hmm. and turn it into hemp fiber, right. yarn. It's and ridiculous. You
1: some. What it, I felt yeah. it, it.
2: It's felt amazingly, amazingly soft. soft. Yes. It's amazingly soft when you I mean it's a labor intensive process and I don't know that I really want to do it regularly.
1: What does that but,
2: entail? It's you just, just like flax. Oh it's <laughs> many steps. I mean, after you grow it and you harvest it and then you like peel it, then you red it, which is essentially putting it into, I think it's just water, and you let it rot, mm-hmm. essentially, for I'm not sure how long, a week or two. Mm-hmm. I really don't know because I haven't done the process myself. And then you get it out of there, and then you, there's like two or three other things that you have to do to it before you get it to the point where, you can finish it and then start
1: spinning it, which is its I mean, own it's, labor-intensive yeah. process too. I know yeah. somebody it, who it takes... lives in Eugene, Oregon here, who's been trying to turn blackberry vines into Ooh. paper and and you know fiber, and they've been they started, with they have these big vats, just yeah. like you were describing, yeah. where there's rotting. Yeah brought yeah. stocks yep. and, and they've had some successes so that's cool we have a lot of blackberry cool. out here too we do
2: we do unless can i mean we've got a lot of cannabis but most of it has been an illegal crops up until recently yeah and honestly the scale of crops that people have right now is mostly probably still illegal yes i'm sure <laughs> there's
1: plant limits yeah well they have the phrase here where as of july 1st in oregon the We'll have the Immaculate Conception, where all of a sudden all of these people have cannabis. Yeah. That, you know, where did it come from? Because it's July 1st. It's now legal, legal. but it wasn't yesterday. So. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing all the dynamics and the new research that will be able to help yeah. so many different people. That, I think
2: that's the part that's most exciting about it because cannabis has a lot of really valid and important medicinal uses. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so to me, the idea that we're finally breaking open and, and starting as a country to
1: accept that this is truly, it is a good and important mm-hmm. medicine. And stuff that you know, perhaps were prescription strength that now could be like over-the-counter glaucoma eye drops made from marijuana. Right. I mean, cannabis, that yeah. that is the kind of thing that we really need to have available because that'll yeah. drive the price down. Right.
2: Okay. Yeah. And it's things like being able to, you know, like I said, when my dog had glaucoma. It would have been nice to have been able to make my own or buy a you know a non-prescription version yeah. to try it out on her and it you know if I could do it that way I could if I could do it myself god mm-hmm. that would be the best thing. Right. You know, I mean you can make your own eye drops of other types. So the other you know, option so. that
1: you had to take was having her have surgery. Yeah, and, and it's how very do you expensive. explain that to an animal? Right. With a person you can explain Where it's going to be very uncomfortable, but Mm -hmm. there's going to be you know a light at the end of the tunnel. And with an animal, there's no explanation. Well,
2: I mean, she understood; she did seem to understand. Mm -hmm. But she had to go through it, and it was painful and scary. And the recovery sucked. You know, and then the surgery ended up. We ended up having the glaucoma started to return. Right. And so we had to have a second surgery. Mm -hmm. And then you know she was already 11 years old at the time of the first one. A year later, she had her second surgery, and I really think that. There's a good chance that prescription or non-prescription cannabis glaucoma drops might have been able to reverse the second, so she wouldn't have had the second. And Maybe we would have. Very still. common,
1: yeah. It's in very animals and yeah. humans, and so exactly. I really look forward to a lot of these things that have been very inaccessible for treatments before mm-hmm. now turning into accessible, user-friendly, yes. and yeah. healthy. Yes, treatments. Well,
2: and like one of the things with the glaucoma is you don't get high off of that one either. Right. It's putting it directly on your eyeball. There's Correct. no getting high off of that.
1: Yeah. So it's you know so that little piece there is, is you can still drive. Yeah. If you've got you can still um, function. Take your eye drops perfectly okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to me,
2: the idea of that stuff becoming more available is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and I'm hoping as herbalists that we do a really good job of educating the public and helping this plant come out from other under the cover of mm. prohibition and right. become something that's healthy yeah. and that is accessible to everyone without a ridiculous number of regulations yes. to the point where it becomes spaghetti trying to figure out whether you can or can't do something here and in, in
1: this county or this city yeah. or this state or, you know, yeah. people, people need to uh, educate themselves on different uses and keep your eye on the news and, and, do your own research. There's just new things coming out as we have as we have personally experienced every single week. There's brand yes. new, groundbreaking
0: yes. research coming yes. out.
1: So it's not just this myth anymore. There's right. reality about it. Yep. So a but lot still of, yeah. we, we caution everyone to ex- exercise good prudence. Don't make it unpleasant for other people. Don't walk up and smoke in someone's face. Right. Yeah. No, that's just. If, not only is yeah. that illegal. You can't smoke in public. But it's just rude. So yeah. don't spoil it for the rest of us, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep.
2: So as we are winding down here, I mm-hmm. wanted to remind everyone again, watch
1: get get signed onto our our newsletter. Yeah, make sure you list. sign for our free newsletter so we can notify you about the availability of the cannabis folio and the upcoming any upcoming recipes, how-tos and other detailed information on the topics that we just discussed here on this podcast as we publish them on the practicalherbalist.com. And for more information, links, and resources we mentioned on this program, you can check our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. You can also uh, to, please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Pinterest and join us in our conversations on Twitter. And you can find a link to our Advanced Herbal Folio Cannabis, an herbalist Guide to Using Medical Marijuana on both the herbalist.com and realherbalismradio.com.
0: Now it's time for herbalism and homesteading news.
1: Today in Herbs in the News we're talking about an article from Grist magazine. It's, it goes by the title of Americans spend 18.8 million dollars in food stamps at farmers markets last year and it's by Anna Sofia Knopf, and it came out June 26 of 2015. And this is a very exciting article. It's good news for a lot of different people. What they are talking about is a nearly six-fold increase since 2008 of people coming in and buying food from small local farmers using their SNAP program, which is a supplemental nutritional assistance program, it used to be called food stamps. What do you guys think about this news?
2: Well, I think it's not surprising that we're starting to be able to spend more money, or that people with the Unsnap can spend more money at food farmers markets, Mm -hmm. because the SNAP it's like a little, um, kind of like a little credit card, right? Uh And so, with companies like Flint and Square, and you know, there's a variety of other ones creating easy little swiping technology, so that farmers can start. accepting credit card payments and debit card payments as well, it seems like it makes sense that the next step is to get people who are low income out to the farmer's markets. Yeah.
0: Well, that beats, so, you know, buying the produce at the grocery store. Um, especially if you're trying to buy organic, you'll probably find it for half the cost that you would at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And I know it makes you feel good when you're doing that kind of thing because you're supporting local and you're also you getting good you know good food. Um, Candace is right. I mean, the technology is what's driving this. The ability to accept these cards and you know the farmers have to go through a process it's not just anybody and their brother can just sign up and get uh you know with you have a flint or a squarespace card you just pretty much you know easy application like a bank account done here right. you have to actually work with applying with the usda and then you have to apply with their company mm-hmm. that they're contracting with to get the the readers for the snap cards but obviously um when you look at the numbers from 753 to more than 6400 in that period of time that's that's a massive increase and Um, so you were saying that locally, Eugene was one of the first ones to do that. I I didn't know that, so that's really cool.
1: Eugene was also one of the first ones to accept WIC benefits at local farmer's markets. And back Mm -hmm. when my older kids were little, I was on the WIC program, and I went to a farmer's market and got some wonderful fresh fruits and vegetables for a very good price with Mm -hmm. some of the farmers that i still have a relationship with years later right no now their kids are grown and my kids are grown and and it was really nice to be able to just walk around in the in the sunshine with my kids in the stroller Mm -hmm. and and look at these beautiful vegetables and fruits that had just been picked the day before and here they are and my kids are Mm -hmm. they were so excited yeah there was so much happening and the Fruit and vegetables weren't just on uh, adult level, but they were they had crates lower down and they Mm -hmm. were looking around at a diversity of fruits and vegetables, not just apples and oranges and the standard stuff. But there was different kinds of vegetables that they were willing to try because it was right there. And there was someone that was interacting with them that had they were parents that they knew. So it was a real communication. And I was very excited about that.
2: Yeah, it seems like in general, this is a really wonderful gift for people who are struggling with lower income. Yeah. Because I know, I mean, I know myself, our income often is not as high as I'd like it to be. And mm-hmm. we're bombarded daily with demands to buy and point, things pointing out just how much money you do or don't have. and yeah. To be able to go to the farmer's market and get really good food. I mean, that good meal can make you feel like you're in the lap of luxury, even if, You look around and it's like, well, you know, my clothing's a little old and ripped and, you know, the the house is kind of tiny and every all the furniture's looking worn, but Mm -hmm. good food, that makes all the difference. Right.
1: And these farmers are not judging you. You No. These farmers are people that a lot of the the women farmers I talked to, Mm -hmm. because that's where my mom connection was, is they they also qualified for food stamps. Yeah. You know, they're working 40 hours plus just to try to keep themselves sur- surviving, and, and they right. also yeah. <laughs> qualified for the same food stamps that I was. And we gave each other advice too on places to go for really good deals. And mm-hmm. it was really it was a relationship. And I know that wasn't the big part of the reason why the USDA put in that it, it says here uh, thirty one. $5 million dollars funding for local state and national organizations to support programs that encourage snap participants to buy more fruits and vegetables this is more about nutrition etc and the thing i'm quoting is a usda news release from uh it's release number 0188.5 if you want to check that out we'll also have that in our show notes uh, but they they noted not only nutritionally but um, for helping the farmers themselves, this was something that they hoped would help it, and they've really... They've, smart move. Smart right. move, USDA. When do you say that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it, it opens up another market for the farmer to sell their wares. Yep. Essentially, yeah. is what it comes down to, because that's a whole segment of people they couldn't really sell to before. Yeah, right. and desperately need that mm-hmm. help. All right, right. So yeah. it's a win-win. It feels good. Um,
1: well, and a lot of herbal
2: medicine is food-based. to I me. Mean, oh, yes, yeah. I mean, you know. how many
0: times we talk about... You know, food here that's like, oh, well, well, that's also like cabbage. There's other things it does that are not just for food, but it does has other effects. Or parsley, mm-hmm. or you know, you know sage, gin ginger, ginger, any yeah. of the ginger. stuff that that are, people are growing. I mean, it can be used, you know, in, mm-hmm. a, in a culinary fashion, or it can be used, you know, in a, you know, for a medicinal fashion.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. in a farmer's market, what I notice is the person that grows it is right there giving some. Uh, they're passing out recipes and oh have you tried this and have you tried that and this is really inexpensive and very delicious thing and I know your kids are going to like and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of relationship you don't get in a grocery store either
0: oh no no No, it's all boxed I mean you can see the the carts coming out with boxes and boxes and boxes Mm -hmm. and you know if you're up on you know the funny thing is, is if you go to their farm they might have their own farmer's market up there, you know, uh-huh, or their own yeah. farm stand, but they're so big that they're shipping it all over the place. So it's right. kind of this one of those things where, yeah, you can, you'll never visit their farm, really. But, um, like, we were just thinking about the cherries that are coming in now. Right. You know, there's local cherries here that are great, but, you know, it's hard to compete when Washington cherries are coming, too, and they're 2 bucks a pound. So I was like, well, do I go out in the heat and pick... Mm -hmm. the cherries locally or do i you know so you have to make that choice
1: so yeah i think part of your probably concern is am i gonna have to pull sue out of another tree (laughs) (laughs) there you go there you go okay
0: so yeah it's great for farmers
1: yeah great for everybody Mm -hmm.
0: herbalism 101 this is part of the show where sue and candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com/herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candice and Sue to discuss. This shows herbalism 101 topic. So the heat wave has hit Western United States pretty hard. Um, I think we're probably in our eighth day, ninth day of above 90-degree weather. And it just shows no sign of, of letting up for a while. And a term that I've I've come across is called you know, a refrigerant herb. And when I hear refrigerant, I think oh, that's in a can and I can connect that to my car and I'll get extra cool air coming out or it's running the big, big air conditioning on the outside of my house. But but Sue, you have a different definition for a refrigerant herb, and I'd like to hear that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the same policy, but for refrigerant herbs, these are herbs that act to reduce or prevent sweating. It's a anti-hydro-hydrotic uh, and one of the things it does is it helps cool down the body there are some refrigerant herbs that will promote some sweating like cayenne if you take a bite of cayenne you'll promote the sweating and then afterwards you notice that you're cool afterwards so a refrigerant herb generally is something that just causes you to cool down and there are a variety of different ways that you can cool down cucumber take a bite of cucumber and it does act very cooling watermelon is a plant that will eat and you find yourself really cooled by it?
0: I always think of it being cooled because usually the watermelons cool it's cold itself <laughs> yeah <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> so well, like if, so if I'm working out in in this kind of heat and i mm-hmm. or doing ex- exhaustive work and I'm sweating, yeah you know. The guy thing to do would be, you know, cold beer or an ice cold thing of water mm-hmm. and just douse it. Water so what you think?
1: with lemon in it. Water with lemon. Lemon is also a cooling herb and spearmint. Hibiscus is a cooling herb. Experiment. A lot of these you'll notice have some astringent qualities to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're taking that extra moisture out, or you know, so that you're able. You notice in the heat. Let me back up a little bit. In the heat, you'll start to swell a bit. You're retaining moisture. Right. And that makes you feel even hotter. So a mm-hmm. refrigerant is pushing that moisture out so that your you, your, your skin isn't compact with right. all the swelling so that you feel cooler.
2: It's part of why iced tea is so popular in the South because tea is heavily Very astringent. astringent. Black teas are astringent. Mm-hmm. Add a lemon to it. And add some lemon and some mint to it yeah. and ice it. And then you're and there bringing... there you go. Yeah.
1: yeah. And hibiscus, if you take a drink of hibiscus tea... It's very astringent, and your tongue will uh, feel less swollen. You're, it's easier for you to breathe, you know, because it's taking all that moisture that's locked up into your tongue. So that's one of the reasons why we, um, as herbalists advise, if you're taking an astringent as a refrigerant, make sure you're, you have it in a, in a water-based formula, a tea or a tincture with water, so that you're replacing the water, but you're taking it out of the tissue that's engorged. Right. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive to drink more water to get rid of water, but yeah, it actually you works. You don't really want well. it congealed in your ankles, right? You know, you don't want it packed around your throat or you know, mm-hmm. in your hands or your middle section. Your middle section on your hips. Yeah. You that want sucks. that. You want it all to flow, just <laughs> yeah. like when we were talking about the airflow and the water flow with a, a mechanical refrigerant. You want to have the flow, so that's what refrigerants basically do in order to cool the body.
0: So if you could come up with a quick. One two three on how to get refrigerant refrigerant herb into into somebody for they're working hard. What would you recommend?
1: I would definitely recommend an iced tea, preferably with, uh, like I said, a hibiscus or cucumber raspberry, something like that. That that is a a classic refrigerant tea. Uh, It has a a sour or bitter taste to it. So So you find that connection, yeah. And then just drink it cold. It'll feel good. And okay. another cool thing is to take one of those refrigerants and maybe do a, a cold hand bath or a foot bath. That mm-hmm. really helps cool the body. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure it does. So take your foot in a kiddie pool. None of the men I know are <laughs> going to actually cool do <laughs> that. Yeah, we're not going to do a foot bath unless we're at the river. Then that. I'm gonna yeah, there. a lot so, of people but do. Yeah, but but, but uh, drinking an iced ice tea would be totally up. Uh, yeah. my alley.
1: If you're working with elderly people, for example, and they can swell up,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: during the heat, then a nice little cooling foot bath or a poultice, a cold poultice, will help. You know, with their, they've got a lot of problems with circulation as well, particularly as you age. So that was a very healing, quick. You don't have to take somebody to the river or even outside, especially if they're hooked up to a machine or they're in a wheelchair that's difficult to manage. That's one quick way to help save some, potentially save someone's life.
0: Thank you for listening to Real Herbalism Radio. Your hosts have been Candice Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. To find more information and recipes from today's show or to leave a comment or suggestion, visit us online at realherbalismradio.com. If you're feeling social, you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Practical Herbalist. Don't forget to look up our ebooks and herbal folios at Amazon.com. Use the search terms Practical Herbalist. This show has been sponsored by Mountain Rose Herbs, purveyors of high-quality organic bulk herbs, gourmet spices, loose-leaf teas, essential oils, herbal extracts, and natural body care ingredients. You can visit them at MountainRoseHerbs.com. If you'd like to sponsor Real Herbalism Radio, just contact us Our website at slash contact. Till next time, this is Patrick with Real Herbalism Radio and the Practical Herbalist.